What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Rauch. With me, as always, is my co-host, DJ Keener. Dave, how are you? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm Dave, that's for sure. No, yeah, I'm doing I mean, good, was... man. Doing good. I, everything's everything's good. We, uh, again, have a meaningful game or tournament of Pokemon to play in. Not quite the same as a regional, but hey, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, just been had a, a busy weekend seeing people and doing things, which is nice. And just uh, ready to play some more Mon. Yeah, look at Dave having friends and having plans and doing things and, and now going to play Pokemon. It's just a good time to be alive for Dave. Dave loves being alive. Yeah, Dave has feelings about existing, that's for sure. Those are definitely, yeah. there's a time and place to talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> it's not here? That's weird. Um, sweet. Yeah, we we initially intended that uh, we were going to like record after the League Challenge that we have tonight. But honestly, I think it actually works out better this way because... Next week's going to be weird because there is an event that we're going to want to talk about that happens next weekend in Japan. Will we have the results for that by the time we record? Who knows? Because that's not like Arcane Island where we get it the next day. It'll probably trickle out very slowly. So Yeah, because um, we're just at the mercy of random Japanese players posting on Twitter, which isn't even their like, native social media platform, if I understand correctly. So. Yes, so next week is kind of up in the air. planning meeting for TJ and I off, 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 off air, which I... Get ready for that. That I mean, we did something into the world, but uh, it'll be weird. Um, so it actually works out that um, we actually will have our league challenge to talk about next week, probably because that might be we might have more information about that than than the Japanese tournament. But for this week, uh, given that we're not going to be talking about our you know results at a probably twenty person local, we have Dortmund regionals to talk about. Uh, they took place over the over the weekend in Germany. Uh, Thirteen hundred players and. I'm not gonna lie. This, like, I know Europe is has become a meme for this at this point. Not just new winning, but also their events are typically weird. Um, this is the weirdest final we've probably seen since that weird one, like Lugia last year, also in Europe, where uh, Lugia wasn't in top cut for some reason. Um, the finals of this tournament, that's, that's like usually we try to like flesh out everything out more, but there's nowhere else to start with this other than the finals were Chin Pao versus Goldango. Uh, the First finals for both. The first top cut for Goldango. The first win for Team Pal. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if in this exact format, that's the first top cut for Chan Pal too. Actually, I believe so, but I can't remember. But yeah. Either way, yeah, not it's not a, a huge deal there. Like you know, as far as the specifics go, but I don't feel like it's top cut since Paradox Rift came out, despite being hyped as a uh, the deck coming into this format. You know. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it had topped at the IC, which I'm going to check while we're talking. Uh, it might have, yeah. I mean, I, I also could be way off, and it could have several tops in this format. It's felt like that's one of the biggest failures of a, a deck, like versus expectation, obviously. Uh, it's been a fine deck, but compared to the expectations that were out there when uh, Paradox Rift came out, you know, we saw the early Champions League in Japan feature, or not the Champions League, um, Elite Four, is that what that was called? They yeah. were the, the tournament with like the best of the best Japanese players. I mean, it was dominated. It loosely translates to Elite Four. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, that tournament was dominated by Chan Pao. Everyone was hyping Chan Pao coming into the format. It was, I, it's kind of funny, I guess, to me that it was loosely projected as the best Iron Hands deck when Maridon literally existed. Uh, 
Yeah. But maybe maybe that was kind of something that was just like lost in translation, that it was more it wasn't the best Iron Hands deck in the sense that it wasn't the best at Iron Handsing. It was just the the best deck featuring Iron Hands because Maridon's poo poo. I also guess it was probably, yeah, it was the most consistent to do it. Like Iron Hands can do a turn one, which is better, but that's neither here nor there. I did look it up while you were talking. This is the first yeah, I was doing it at the same time this format. Enough, so. uh, um, yeah, which is kind of interesting, just using that knowledge again, that it was like projected very, very highly coming into this format. Um, but not totally surprising after you tested for a little bit, right? I mean, it took us one night of testing to be like, a, this deck ain't it. So I'm honestly, above everything else that happened in this tournament, astonished that Chanpao won. More than yeah. Goldango being in the finals, I'm astonished that Champau won. I would put Goldango a tier higher than Champau. I would do. And like, if you had told me that Goldango had topped and then got like a favorable top cut bracket, like, I wouldn't be stunned because like we saw it get top 32 at Knoxville. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of felt like it's kind of on the rise and it just kind of like it's a, a fine deck. And like, if someone runs hot, you can run hot with it. Um, Champau hasn't felt that way, even though like we've seen some name players come back to it in recent weeks and and actually like put up like I think Reagan. Uh, Redsloff got top 32 with it. I believe he ended up in top 32, if not top 64 with it at Knoxville. Yeah. So, like, it's not completely out there, but it does feel feel a tier lower. And, like, this is not meant that, like, Owen Cameron is a, is a pretty well-regarded player, the player that uh, actually won actually, the event. Owen's been with... on a, a tear this format, actually, too, which is interesting. Almost exclusively with non-standard decks also. Yeah, yeah. If you look back at uh, Liverpool, he played Arceus. At Gdansk, he played... Um, uh, Urshifu, and then while this is a little bit more standard, like at, at the time it was not like at LAIC, he, he this is 77th, but at LAIC, like that, like an IC, that's like the equivalent of like, I mean, it's more points than I think you get for a top 32 in a regional or something right. like that. Uh, he played Fusion Mew, and then he back when he real, he played Chin Pao. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, he he tends to play a little bit off the beaten path. Like, if you just look back historically at his limited list, uh, so um, yeah, definitely kind of cool. Uh, and I, I thought that. I, I haven't watched the finals yet. I'm almost through day one of, of, of watching the stream. And I think what's kind of cool is that it is kind of all over the place uh, mm -hmm. for a format that while is wide, we kind of felt like we knew where things were. And this, like, I don't think it shakes things up because like, I think, I mean, unfortunately far too many people will probably just go hmm, Europe, even though that's kind of how we started it off. Um, but I do think it's kind of cool that something like this, like I, I was a little bit like eye rolling because like then you, I felt like people were like, the people that championed these two decks uh, for a while were like, see, I was right all along. And I don't think that's necessarily true. So like that took away from some of the fun of it for me, but also it is kind of cool that like weird can win. Yeah. And I, I haven't got many see I was right vibes. Uh, I also like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to, to take victory laps on stuff like this when you, you know, metagames are just different, right? There's a, there's a point in this format where before both the metagame had changed a little bit so that Charizard wasn't, as omnipresent and wasn't especially as present in the winner's metagame where we just we just didn't like Roaring Moon. Roaring Moon was just not a deck that we considered playable. And I'm, I'm at the point where, you know, just because of how good its Giratina matchup is, Roaring Moon has kind of moved into the, the top tier of decks. Uh, part of that is innovations that made the Charizard matchup way less miserable. But a lot of that is just that the metagame changes, right? And Chen Pao, uh, I think, was kind of proven to not be a deck that was great in just like blank metagame. Like it's not always a top tier deck in this format. There are metagames where it could be a good deck, but even this, I, I kind of just consider an outlier, right? There wasn't another Qian Pao in top 32. I don't know if there was even another one in top 64. There was, there was one other one in top 64. Um, and none of that really surprises me. 
because the deck is is fine, but still very inconsistent. And it's kind of really praying. And I think this for Goldango too, if we're being honest, kind of preying on the uh, insistence of a lot of Giratina players, especially to not put Manaphy in their deck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've seen that trend happening for a while. I've, it's hard for me to answer how I feel about that because like, we don't play it in our like Lost Zone Turbo deck, uh, mostly just because of the pace of play we're trying to establish with that deck. And I know most Giratina players, it's essentially standard that they don't, but my my issue with that is I still don't understand how uh, if one of you doesn't, one of you doesn't in the mirror, how you win. So I've kind of felt like Tina probably should be playing it, but space is tough, I get it. Uh, but both of these decks get to prey on Tina lists that don't play any, or don't play Manaphy, right? Because they both have easy turn two Greninja attacks. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, that is appealing. Like, it's stunning to me, actually, that we don't like both these decks more because that is something that is so appealing to us. So, um, well, we really wanted to like Chan Pao, just so you know, we're all on the same page, uh, right? We we did really want to like that deck, especially me. I, I still have that deck, uh, all alternate arted out and everything. Um, ready for it to hopefully be better in <laughs> next format because I, I like that deck and I, I want it to be good. It just yeah, doesn't really like seem it, to work out that way. I really liked it at the end of last format. Like, yeah, it was really good at the end of last format. For the for the, for the last month of that format, that's like exclusively what I played online, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. And it was the first like, not, we we got, we were out on it really quickly, mostly because it was the first thing we tried. Because we were both not just because like people said no, we were tested because we also thought it was going to be broken. This that wasn't we, a we shot were at excited. everybody. We were we were convinced excited. that it was insane, and, and it just hasn't been there. Yes, it did not work out that way. And Goldengo is a uh, you know we're big Palkia V Star fans here. Generally, I'd like to say we're uh, both oh, players yeah. who, who will champion the star portal for Greninja. Um, so, again, not totally surprised by either of those things. Goldengo, uh, you know, fairly well positioned into Charizard just in general, also just being able to one shot those Zards. And it takes a lot of game before they can one shot your Goldengos back. Uh, so, a decent matchup there, even if you're just getting some chip damage in over time. Like, if you can't get the full, what is that, seven energies or whatever for the, the Oka. But between that and being able to like chip in with uh, Palkia against the Zards, because same thing, hard for them to one shot back if they're not, especially if they're not playing Choice Belt. Um, yeah, the only way they can is uh, with like the Radiant Zard, right? Yeah, Red, Red Zard Choice Belt is the yeah the only way for you know early in the game anyway. If it's yeah. what three prizes taken and then Fatality or Choice Belt gets you there. Yeah, but you know the, both those things are awkward. That's a long time to go through the game and still have maintained that resource as well. So you know, I I think that just looking at the metagame. Neither of these decks are like badly positioned, but I, I don't love either of their positions either. So I guess let's bring this full circle. You see this. Does your stance on the metagame change because of these at all? Or is this law Europe? Closer to the latter. Uh, and like, I like I feel disrespectful saying that, but it's like, it, it's really hard not to at this point because like, there's a reason why, like, I, I just, it, it's, it's weird because it's not like it's a small sample size. It's a 1400 player tournament. That's not a small sample. Um, and like the top cut in and of itself was, was mostly, I guess, normal. Like there was, there was three Guardies. There was a Mew. There was a Fusion Mew. There was a Sablezard. There was a Curatina. Notably, no Charizard. The highest place in Charizard was twelve. There's two in top sixteen, so it's not like completely out of there. Well, I think um, but only the most only... notable thing for the top cut really was that again, no Roaring Moon in top cut, despite converting uh, insanely well from day one to day two. I have the stats pulled up real quick. Yeah, Gear, or, uh, Roaring Moon was twelve percent of the day one field. And then 17% of the day two field. So that is an insanely positive conversion rate. And yeah, 
same token, like actually the the Charizard thing is kind of funny to me because we keep seeing them very close to top cut, if not in top cut, despite converting horrendously from day one to day two. This was yeah. uh, still the most played deck day one, 16%. So that number kind of continues to fall, but not enough uh, in converting to just 10% of the day two field. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, but know. it's it continues to be towards the top of the metagame. So like there's more Charizards in top 16 than Roaring Moon. Yeah. 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 The, the highest place in Roaring Moon was what 10th yes uh, yeah because other than there was an Ente valiant in ninth and it's weird like we're saying that the overall percentage of charizard is dropped but it's still the number one deck and i think that what i'm taking from that and it's kind of indicative in, in terms of the finals overall is that this format is actually somehow getting wider and like that's yes. taking the overall like i didn't think it would I like usually when a format gets kind of closer to solved uh it like kind of homogenizes more and gets a little bit like like everything kind of gets a little bit more play rate i don't think this is people just kind of taking their foot off the gas here because like there's a lot of cash at stake here i think that it is that there's a number of things you can really bring to the table and i think that's that's kind of neat i like i, I don't know uh that that's kind of what i took away from yeah, this yeah i think there's two forces uh at play there to to make that happen um number one is yeah, people are realizing you can play more decks into Charizard. You know, they're realizing more win conditions and that Zard is, while adaptable in the sense that you don't need to play very many copies of a tech because of Pidgeot, the engine is big. You don't have that mm -hmm. much space for techs. And so something as simple as the, you know, the Mawile trap last week in Knoxville uh, was able to just completely, you know, flip the, the format as far as uh, random lost box decks into Charizard goes. Now, yeah. Now they don't care about it. Like there's Charizard didn't play the Lost City. They only had one switch. Uh, playing a single copy of Mawile with some recursion was enough to basically win every game against them. Not in exciting fashion, but it was enough to get the job done. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of a really interesting departure from where we were not too long ago. So now you have to keep seeing the, the Zards evolve and the metagame keep moving around it because in a lot of ways, like 100% the statement that the metagame is, is wider is accurate but it's interesting because i i feel like it's centralized not as far as decks go but conceptually yeah. around okay the format is getting wider because we can identify ways to play these decks to improve their zard and tina matchups because there's so much zard and tina combined that that's what you need to figure out if you can make yourself good against both of those or really good against one of them and have a plan that keeps you close enough to 50 50 against the other your deck is playable you've got outs for the tournament now and I think that's oh, what that's... we see with both of these decks. We're seeing two decks that have outs to one-shot Charizard, so they maybe aren't favored there, but they've got options there. They're also both decks that if Charizard doesn't find Manaphy turn one, because especially if uh, you go second against them, they can stumble a little bit on finding enough setup to get everything going. Uh, mm -hmm. They can be really weak to your Greninja, which both of these decks can do you know, early and often. So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting, and same thing for the Giratina matchup. These decks, again, both have one shots on Tina V Star and both have Greninja plays if they don't mana few. Uh interestingly, both these decks kind of suck in some ways against Path of the Peak though. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it's weird. Like you would think that, that would benefit like decks like Giratina more, but or Arceus, which does did not show up very much at all. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But Arceus like, feels like a, a American tier two deck. Uh it's funny because yeah. we talk a lot about like different things that are kind of European. Uh Arceus is a tier two American deck and like not a European deck at all. Yeah. At least in the past fair. like year. You know. Yeah. At some point I feel like it was a very European deck when every deck was just, I don't know, man, play Arc plus random V Max or whatever. But yeah. You know, it's yeah, interesting. 
Uh, it's interesting. I've, I've liked the way this format has evolved. And, uh, you know, to your point, we did see it just top eight in Knoxville, but even seeing Ente Valiant in ninth is like, yeah, this format really is still open. Yeah. And like Ente Valiant getting the top cut in Knoxville felt like that, that player has been somebody that's been like just grinding that deck. Mm-hmm. And I don't know enough about the European players. Not that I like, I, I didn't really know that about the American player either until I like read his, his tweets about it and realized, mm-hmm. oh, yes, day two here, 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 and here with this. So, um, it felt like more of a culmination for him, but may- maybe this is worth looking into Ente Valiant a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. So yeah, and this is the exact same sixty. So yeah, something so maybe, definitely something maybe to it. Assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I hate to use that that word just generally, but there's definitely yeah. something to the list there. So I, uh, I and like I use it with you because like I know you, I know you know that I mean it's been solved for this moment, not solved yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I understand your your hesitation with that. Yeah, I just I you, you know how I feel about you know optimal etc. Um. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, is there? You touched on the day one to day two conversion. Just a, a real quick there. The day one, the, as you said, the most played deck was uh, Charizard at sixteen percent, then Tina at fourteen, Moon at twelve, uh, Guardi at ten percent, Lost Box at ten percent, uh, Ride on at eight percent, and then they were nice enough to do the best of the rest again uh, with Mew at six percent, Team Pound four percent, Goldengo at three, Snorlax at two, Iron Valiant at two, and Inteleon at one percent. Then into day two, we have Moon was the like you said the most represented deck in day two at seventeen. Lost Box at sixteen. Giratina at fifteen. Uh, Guardi at fifteen. Charizard at ten, and Mew at seven. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I, it, it's there like there, like you said there was Arc is not the the rogue deck of choice there. There was only three of them total in day two. Um, but yeah, overall, like I don't think anything like. <laughs> It's, it feels silly to say this. Other than the finals, not a lot of, like, really, like... Well, yeah, it actually, to me, doesn't here. feel funny to say that because, like, you know, we talk about it all the time, and I think this is, like... I'm, like, the worst uh, radio host of all time because I, I have no interest in the, you know, splashy surprise talk. Uh, yeah, no. There's, there's hella variants in a Pokemon tournament. Like, yep. yeah, a couple of these made day two. The players played well. They got decent matchups, and they ended up in the finals against each other, you know? If it's yeah. funny because if only one of these ended up in the finals and got two owed swiftly by Giratina, we probably wouldn't be talking about it outside of saying that's a European finals, like just to say that one of them made it there, right? Like, yeah, um, because so it only feels weird because both of them, or if it had won that matchup, we still would have probably been saying the same thing, but yeah, um, you know, it's it's very interesting and it's I, I don't I don't know what to think really, I guess, as, as far as that goes, it's uh. It's very much what Knoxville told us, what well, the format is, right? Uh, Gardevoir is really good. It's converting well. Lost Zone decks that aren't Giratina are really good and are converting well, uh, converting extremely well. We we didn't even really touch on how good that conversion rate is. You know, Giratina converted well, but its conversion rate is getting worse because uh, people have kind of identified the weaknesses. Uh, decks that don't lose the path or are more prepared to not lose the path and can take advantage of things like your choice not to play Manaphy or your choice not to play Spiritomb. Uh, you know, are really able, or maybe your choice to play Spirit Tomb over something like an extra path, even. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're, they're able to really uh, juke what Giratina has done well. I still think Giratina is probably like the blanket, blind metagame, no no thoughts, only vibes, best deck in the format, uh, just because it's good enough against Charizard, mm-hmm. which will continue to be the most played deck, I think, no matter what. We talked about this last time. It's just not going to change at this point. Um but I mean, yeah, you see these other decks, especially Guardian Lost Box, uh, convert extremely well. Uh, you saw Mew convert extremely well. 
which you know europe but <laughs> yeah it's it feels like it's everything we learned going into knoxville just kind of ran back and the the metagame changed slightly and the finals just make it look like there's something else to take away from this event and i really don't think that there is yeah that, that's totally fair um yeah i i think that the event in and of itself was like generally positive but you're right there's not like a ton to take away i think that guardy continuing to dominate is kind of what we would have expected coming out of like i mean it just won the most recent event guardy is typically more popular there like we joke about Mew being more popular but the guardy is, is very popular there i do think that it's funny that the three guardy people at top uh none of them were from uh europe i think james cox might live there i'm not 100 percent certain but he's australian uh gabriel smart from the u.s and then rowan stavenel who actually just missed uh top cut i believe in knoxville uh from canada so um yeah, a very Dutch heavy top cut. I know that kept being pointed out for whatever that's worth. I think called like the top three were all Dutch. Um, yeah, uh, I think that it's weird because now we enter like this weird dead period, right? Because like we're still technically in this format, and there's uh, yeah. So there's two weeks between now and the next event, and that is also in Europe. So uh, we're kind of in a weird dead zone where we were already kind of saying that this format was a tad bit stale, and I don't really know what's going to be changing from there. Which um, yeah, like obviously this was a nice pop-off to get a little bit of differentiation in there but from now until rotation we have uh utrecht in two weeks uh i'm not going to attempt to butcher that uh brazilian city's name on the ninth um and then vancouver uh which is the week before the the rotation will actually have already heard i think on ptcgo or ptcg july 40 and slip there so um i think that if, in terms of what is going to feel for a lot of people like the end of this format this is a nice little bow on that uh i think that obviously there will be some things to take away from utrecht and Gionia, and we'll probably be touching on those but i can already foretell that uh on this podcast we'll be kind of talking about other things like next week i i don't think we'll have the japanese results uh next week so that's how we're going to get into things like rotation and new set preview we'll probably preview the new set a little bit early because like that kind of then informs rotation talk so um, if you're somebody that comes to us and likes to listen to the deep dives into events, I think that that's probably going to be taking a little bit of the back burner uh, over the next couple of weeks because the events kind of are, are, are like secondary at this point. But I know there will be a lot of rambling about new cards and where cards are going. Uh, yeah, so that's I, I think that that's kind of where we're going from here. I think that there's there's plenty still to talk about and plenty to get excited about. Um, and then like... That's that's what's kind of cool about where we're at right now, but I don't think that the events over the next the next couple of weeks uh, are going to really be what, what's generating that. I don't, I'm not sure how many people have registered for the Brazilian event. I would assume that Utrecht is going to be kind of similar in size to this one because I think all the European ones have, have been around that size. And Vancouver, I think, is slated to be the smallest North American event of the year at around 800. So um, definitely... I think this is we're entering a little bit of a, of a cool-off period, which is, 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 is pretty traditional for... Uh, this time of the year when you're getting like right before rotation. So, so I think that the only other thing that if we wanted to talk about was um, what we're going to be playing tonight, we have a league challenge tonight and obviously we'll go over the results when we get back next week. And this is kind of like, it helps like we always kind of talk about what we would play at the next event we were going to um, usually in a more broad sense for like a 1400 to 2000 person tournament. Uh, I guess a 30 person one works too. If, if we're yeah, lucky, so. yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing any, uh, you know, tight, local metagame metagaming i don't have a clue what people there play so uh none of that's going to be at play for me I, I doubt it is for you as well but i'm i'm just running back uh kyogre i'm not playing the exact same 60 that we played at knoxville i'm a couple cards different 
um, and debating one additional change still. Um, mostly, I like, I guess for something smaller, just to kind of see how you feel about just kind of metagaming in general, do the results of this make you feel that we touched on uh, Giratina probably needing to play Manaphy because of something like this? Uh, mm -hmm. Does it make you feel like our deck from Knoxville needs to play Manaphy? I think in general, most players do play Manaphy in that deck. We opted not to, just knowing how the metagame works and uh, our matchups against the decks that were popular at Knoxville that uh, were good at Greninjing. Um, but obviously, you know, it's a little bit different against Qian Pao and uh, Goldango, but they weren't metagame forces. They just happened to be in the finals. Does this change your view on something like that or doesn't move the needle? Um, yes and no. Like, I mean, like, and like, obviously, like, I know we don't fully care about this, but it's enough that I cared a little bit that I kind of know what. I have a general idea of what people play in our area. Like again, that 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 doesn't totally matter, but it also doesn't not matter. Um, I'm not gonna like make specific decisions, but knowing that um, they don't typically tend to play a lot of the uh, Greninja decks certainly helps. Um, but even if, like in general, if we were going to like a major this weekend, I don't know that I would make that change. Honestly, I think that like you're comfortable enough in where it's at right like i, I think mm -hmm. that even if you do get like hit with, with with that and that obviously will hurt then um like you have we have ways around it like we have, like not ways around it but we're like we, we've built like we built it with that in mind that like that could happen and here's yeah, how we'll yeah. handle it if it does not like well i hope it doesn't so yeah yeah i think I, that I level completely of agree security I, that, yeah i think that there's security, one just become... kind of interesting layer which is that specifically like the the goldango list from this event is uh you know it is also playing the manaphy and they're playing the Averys too and once they start playing the Averys, uh playing manaphy just to to beat the pocket play doesn't even seem that good anymore so Correct. like i kind of feel like you just let it happen that's sort of where i was at with that one as well and uh chen pao is chen pao i mean they they play the cologne line anyway right so it's not even yep. a, a strong guarantee that you're able to set that up and play around it so that's where my my brain was as well. Uh, just don't let it happen, or rather, just don't worry about it. Uh, you said that if we were going to a major, does playing best of one change that at all for you, though? Does the idea that, you know, if you open awkwardly, you can just be out of that game completely because of the, the Greninja sway you at all? Or would you use the mindset that, uh, well, if I drew awkwardly, can I really afford to use one of my search cards on Manaphy to not get blown out? Like, you're probably losing that game anyway. We play to win. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, that's some of it, but you're right. You're we 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 like it, you when you, whenever you sign up with a deck like Lost Box, you kind of like go in knowing there are going to be Lost Box hands sometimes. And if I was mm -hmm. worried about it, I wouldn't be playing it. So, which is easy yeah. to say again, easy to say in best of three, not as easy to say in best of one. <laughs> yeah, but the stakes here are obviously a lot lower than significantly a major as well. Lower. So, significantly yeah, no. lower just kind of more about the the process for that question like does does that does best of one kind of move the needle at all for you i guess on deck selection in general because i i've said before for like japanese events when we talked about them like sometimes like a little bit like i i wouldn't i would feel better playing a certain deck in best of one i guess for examples sometimes but i don't think i would ever skip a deck because it's best of one or no that's you my card choices much because it's best of one maybe something like control needing to play a better finisher for best of one to you know not let your opponent just take a tie in your 30 minute game one but well that's yeah that's that. certainly i played yeah i played block at a cup um 
in I think November, December, and I absolutely played the Crabominable because like I knew that it just like I struggled to end games with it, not because of like my my pace of play was like really fast, but like if people want to draw it out, they can. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. yeah, so that was definitely um yeah, but other than that, I don't think that I would really kind of change things too much. Hey, so, so what are you playing? I think I'm gonna play a different version of Lost Box. I've kind of bounced around like I've been on Kyogre, and I'm like, well, do I want to play it again? And the answer is almost always yes, but like, <laughs> kind of. You playing glasses? Uh, I think I'm gonna play glasses. Yeah, yeah, I like that deck. That deck's cool. It's the one that I like. I kept toying with when we were like going, and I knew we were, I wasn't gonna play it at the regional, but I also really enjoyed playing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, well, like if, if it's the same level of I can have fun doing this, this this will be cool to try something different, but not like too far off the beaten path. I was gonna do Moon, like just like the Turbo. I, I forget. Like the, I the name. Yeah, but yeah, I like I've I played that list a bunch online and actually like I think I won like 12 in a row at one point with it. Like the deck, like when it like it draws reasonably well and it's like just obviously something about flipping catcher is kind of cool, but also kind of mm-hmm. awful. Um <laughs> and then you'll appreciate in true me fashion. I can't find my more pecos. Um I don't know why. What where are they at? But uh I was like, well, I could, you know, find one or I could just, you know, play Lost Box, which is obviously more really about the, the lost you would box. rather play anyway yeah yeah as I say, that's more about the lost box than it is about the more peko but we got there yeah um, yeah I, that makes sense to me my choice to play kyogre has less to do with also feeling like oh man this is like the deck to play and more more like uh well i already had this built and i can switch my other decks to be post rotation so <laughs> yep 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 so that's where i ended up i think I, yeah as of right now i'm gonna play glasses and i was gonna ask your opinion on one card in the list uh that i didn't know i was actually gonna ask you but then like it came up well uh just like kind of thinking about things would you try to fit in the vengeful punch and or whatever the in this because like you have the talent source you can search mm-hmm. on the last turn it really comes mm-hmm. down to it all of your like i don't know it's yeah I like but aren't you i don't know if it's necessary uh, yeah i guess i'm kind of interested in just trying it that's where i'm at as well um i like i don't know if it's correct but i'm interested yeah especially like because you're only playing a single cram sure um, kind of awkward. Yeah, but if like so, one of the benefits of this is that oftentimes, like you're like with this list, you're you probably have two attackers set up at all times, and they're not taking either of them out. And the three mm-hmm. energy requirement is not actually tough to hit on on anything, especially because like you could save right hand until the end. Yeah, if you have a but if you're the if you're using the energies, isn't glasses just the same card nine times out of ten? Uh yes in most matchups so you're right yeah that that's totally like i'm trying to think of where it's it's not against like specifically giratina if that helps that's i mean but that's the logic right so, yeah like, yeah 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 um because i don't think anything else it, it, it generally obviously comes up against but um it does make yeah i don't know I, I it's it allows you to like actually in theory like i don't think this will ever come up but it allows you tropius three times uh against the charge guard which is like i mean you have to like pre yeah you have to like actually like do that and that seems complicated but yeah yeah that's the other lot yeah i I, I mean i i would probably i would probably try a copy just because why not you know you're the town store deck i think you can make a space for it give it a shot see how it goes but not not especially high confidence on that one me neither it's more just like hey cool i can play a paladin and fades card Mm -hmm. yeah might as well go to try oh other thing that i meant to touch on i totally forgot about this until right now uh shout out to owen for not knowing that the new 70 hp fridge backs was a card so that wasn't the highest placing pade and face card in the tournament i love that i saw that i saw that afterwards and i was like i saw his list and i was like did, did, was this not legal and i was just like wrong on my on my dates and then he said that i was like oh okay yep that makes sense yeah no no just didn't know it existed which i mean like that's one of those things that, like obviously that like 
to use our least favorite word, there is an optimal one, but those things are like people like stress over that and like it matters. No, that that only didn't ish. matter. It's it's not the same level as like the Charmander differences are too, where like a lot of these have really defined yeah. useful niches. Like that was if this gets stuck up there, I could draw a card. I think we're yeah. in like <laughs> I think we're in an era right now because like even like not the evolution's worth thing for like like they 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 obviously dipped in popularity from like the, the peak like the beginning of the game, but like mm -hmm. even whenever I first got back into playing, people would like debate that and I'm like until now that never really mattered like there was a right one but like only kind of now it, there really sometimes is. there's a big difference sometimes there's not you know yeah. the difference between having the pidgey with call for family and not having the pidgey with call for family big difference the wide range on charizard you know abilities or on charmander abilities attacks hps the whole mm -hmm. the whole gamut big range right yep. yeah matters uh frigibax like yes there was the correct one but you're you're really only playing like one of these to play around Sableye anyway. You're not trying yeah. to put it into your active. This yep. isn't this isn't call for family level good on the attack. Like this is just draw a card if you happen to start it. Like, yeah, I I totally, you know, I totally get not noticing because like who actually cares? Uh, but you know, I do think it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely amusing. Um I don't I, I didn't even see, I assume the highest placing Padan Fates card was uh the, the moonlight, right? It's I didn't even look at the Gardevoir list. Yeah, I didn't. why? You love Gardevoir. Uh yeah, yeah. They only one of them played it, but one one of them played Moonlit Hell. Okay, yeah, and that's I mean I'm not gonna I actually yeah, because even the Sables are list that topped did not play uh Oh that's a good point. Sables are could have played Punch. Yeah, they, they did didn't. not. So yes, it, it was Moonlit Hell. Could have been close though, because Sables are could have pulled through for uh punch if that was the prediction there. i don't remember what who said i think i said moonlit hill and i think you agreed yeah i did because i just assumed i like i thought there was a high chance the guardian would win yeah and there, like, like let's be real there was no world where even if there is only like six new cards we weren't picking fridge backs no never never so yeah shout out to to owen for letting our prediction be correct there much appreciated and uh a note for everybody to not worry so much about their basics i guess yeah yeah just play okay, the so pokemon go charmanders or whatever i don't know whichever one sucks <laughs> but to be fair watching the stream i did absolutely watch i'm like this will come as no surprise to you somebody knocked something out with uh the someone knocking out a guardy with the, the charmander they could do 40 obviously mm -hmm. yeah i still have one of my zard list i don't know that it matters but like the, the variety seemed interesting enough to me i don't either i just thought it was funny like as we're sitting there like as i'm sitting there making oh i'm i'm really like 100 joking on the charmanders those ones are yeah. such a wide range of relevance that like that one actually matters but that's the exception not the norm okay yeah no that makes sense um cool so i'm looking forward to tonight it should be yeah, fun me like, too. it's i think we both agree that we're hard-pressed to play locals but even give it the slightest stakes and we're all of a sudden interested so yeah i need something to to make it matter because i really don't care about just playing a locals it doesn't just get the juices flowing i i kind of love like real testing um yeah i will say like sitting down for round one or two at a tournament after not playing in a, a local in months is a little bit awkward sometimes just like you know not that we play improper when we're sitting down but just the literal exchange of playing a tournament against another person mm -hmm. and you know, going through the motion correctly instead of just making fun of my opponent the entire time is something that I have to get used to. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. So next week we'll be back. Um, like I said before, we'll probably there's like, and I'll I'll talk to you about this offline. But it's, it it seems like there's there's a couple weeks coming up in the next like month and a half that are kind of variable in in what order we want to like sprinkle in like mm -hmm. 
eventually we're gonna have a podcast dedicated to the new set eventually we're gonna have a podcast dedicated to rotation mm-hmm. and then like we could probably do those earlier because one we know everything and like everything that exists for that to, to be a topic and two, there's blank spaces to fill where like might as well actually talk about something we want to as opposed to just thumbing our bum and talk about something we hate so right um yeah so that, that that's that's my guess uh, we will probably tackle one of those topics next week when we come back um and obviously talk about how uh we got destroyed at locals tonight so there's that yeah presumably we'll be going uh a combined i don't know what to play each other eventually so maybe one six in games one five in games that'd be that'd be ideal that'd be ideal now i'm obviously gonna put manaphy in my list now that I know you're playing kayak that's you know that's the real metagame king <laughs> <laughs> but we will catch you guys next week on ancient wisdom thanks guys Thank you.